When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Backpacking Podcast. As always, John Kelly here with Jeremiah Stringer. Back now for a couple weeks from Europe. Have you finally adjusted? Has your jet lag gone away? I'm getting reacclimated, man. I have been, uh, well, I started getting sick as we were leaving Spain. Then we had all that travel. Now I went and played basketball. And then I started to recover. Then I went and played basketball again yesterday. And I was like, man, my head feels a little foggy. I better finish off these antibiotics before I start doing uh, a whole lot of other rigorous activity. Yeah, so. man. Last week, it was fun hearing about your trip. Just hearing about everything that you were doing over uh, on the Camino and having Bridget on the show, which is always a joy when you have your <laughs> wife on here with us. Yeah. Um, She's been helping yeah, me out a lot, man. You guys... What's that? I said she's been helping me out a lot. She's like my camera woman most of the time. Oh, yeah. Yeah, she's awesome, man. It's just a shame you both were feeling under the weather last week. Yeah, but that's okay. We're here. We're alive. It's hard to complain. Oh, yeah, man. And I'm excited to chat today because I don't know what we're going to talk about. <laughs> I'll tell you this, dude. I I came in to record this podcast with you and immediately had to change shirts because... Bridget and I, um, I, I have like a deadline for a video that I need to do this week, and today was the day to record it. So I had plans of waking up at like, I don't know, 7 a.m., 8 a.m., and recording the video because it is July in Kentucky, and it is 100% humidity. It's the end humidity. of July in Kentucky. Yeah, yeah, like I think the highs this week are 95 to 100. So yeah. We're going to a baseball game Friday night in Lexington, and the high is 98. And you know how the humidity is around here, so the humidity is going to be at least 90%. Dude, I went out to record this video with her, and we was like, okay, we don't have long. Okay, I got a meeting set up with John. We're going to record a podcast episode. Need to, you know, record this video. Can't do a million takes. Let's just do it. And she's going to, you know, be my camera woman, like I was saying before. So we went out. And, uh, you know, you've been to my house across the street, there's some trees and stuff. So found some shade and dude, I couldn't get to that shade quick enough. And we got over (laughs) there, I started recording, I done like five minutes of recording and just the front of my shirt, there was just sweat dripping down to like my waistline and the whole bottom front of my shirt just started getting wet. And I was like, all right, now you just got to film, you know, like the, the profile of my face. And just get right, the top out right. of me. And then we walked back after filming for whatever it was, 30 minutes to an hour. And I was like, all right, Bridget, I need to change shirts immediately. I am just absolutely drenched. So see, I, I thought you needed to change your shirt because you were so excited to see me that you just immediately started breaking out in sweat because <laughs> you were so excited. But I guess I guess that's a good reason to change your shirt too. Well, she's like, I don't know why you're sweating so much more than me. I was like, I'm working hard out here. I'm the talent, you know. I'm out here. <laughs> I'm out here. Are, are you on strike right now? <laughs> no, no, I'm not a writer. I'm just a performer. 
<laughs> so yeah, I threw on this little chicken tramper shirt. Shout out to chicken chicken tramper. They they gave me um something that I used probably more than anything else on my Camino trip. They have uh like I don't know if they just updated, but they had two different wallet sizes and it's just like a little yeah. square wallet with a zipper. And they also sent me a passport holder. And I would oh, make wow. Yeah, I would make the passport holder just a little bit bigger because it's kind of hard to get your passport in and out and the more your passport your passport is like being pulled against the zipper, the worse it is for your passport because of the wear right, and tear. Right. It's like tearing it up after a while. So every I guess like the I'm totally uneducated on this, and I didn't know how it worked. But I flew over to Paris, and, of course, they stamp your passport because you're in a different country. And I was like, I'm not leaving France until I leave on foot. And then, like, the second night that we're walking, I'll be out of France and into Spain. And I was like, there's not going to be Border Patrol and Customs and stuff just, like, in the middle of the mountains. So I'm going to be going into Spain, and then I'm going to be flying out. But there's no, like, account from where I left France and went into another country on my passport. And so I guess, you know, where they're all part of the European Union, I guess everybody's driver's license in uh, one country can work in the other countries that are part of the Union. And then your passport, like, as as long as you travel within the European Union, I guess it doesn't really matter, but I had to show that passport at literally, excuse me, every single hotel, hostel, albergue that I stayed at. So that yeah. little chicken tramper passport wallet, that was clutch, dude. I kept my little, my little uh, extra wallet in there. Kept my passport in there. Kept my like loose money. Everything is coins, so I kept a bunch of coins in there. Well, and I love the fact they've resized the wallet. When they first made their wallet, it was so big for what it needed to be. I mean, it was just like you'd put your cards in there; it'd be so much extra space. It's just not being used. Mm-hmm. So it was bigger than it needed to be. And I remember telling them, I guess it was almost two years ago now, um, that wallet would be amazing if you brought it down a little bit in size. And apparently that's exactly what they've done. So everybody's welcome. <laughs> John, you take full credit for that. Um, uh... I'm glad I could I could help everybody out with that. <laughs> yeah. And on, on the flip side, sorry, I keep rubbing my nose. I've got a mustache hair that somehow got turned up and it's like tickling <laughs> the front of my nose. So I don't know if you've ever had one of those before. They're not fun. Um, but uh, yeah, so so you're all welcome. And I love Chicken Tramper. <laughs> yeah, I dude. Still, I-, I still say the uh, the SeaTug 45 is a killer ultralight backpack. Yeah, I like their backpacks too. And they and they sent me a fanny pack to, uh, to take over there. And I'm not huge on the fanny packs. I said, let me do just like a solid black. That'll be inconspicuous yeah. and it doesn't yell fanny pack. And... Oh, speaking of fanny packs, man. Yeah, I have the go best ahead. fanny pack ever. Oh, you have it, Andy? Yeah, hang on a second. I'll be right back. All right. I'll you just t- you just stay there and entertain people with your stories. All right. Well, I'll tell about my fanny pack while you're doing that. So my fanny pack, I got the black, like I said before. And it has like two little mesh pockets inside. Super clutch. Because you need like a couple little pockets to hold your miscellaneous things, whether it's a contact case or, you know, your keys or your wallet or whatever. So every day whenever I arrived at the albergue or hostel or wherever I was staying, and if you missed last week, I just did a six-week pilgrimage across Spain. And each night I stayed yeah, in Jeremiah's a different spot. Jeremiah's Catholic now. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not Catholic, but I guarantee you could get converted on that trip. It's kind of the whole point, I think. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, that fanny pack, every day when I would get to the albergue or hostel or whatever, if you have, like, shared showers, meaning there's, like, 
Um, it's a shower and a stall and you know, your stuff is just kind of out in the open. So yeah. if you don't have it with you, like your valuables, somebody could take it, which nothing got stolen except for my pants, which if you missed that story, you can check out last week, <laughs> last week's episode where I lost my pants. But uh, I'd stick all my valuables and stuff in the fanny pack, and then i take that wherever I went, whether it's going to the shower or maybe I'm going to run and get some food or i got to do laundry. You had everything kind of... Uh, together everything that was super important so if you lost the fanny pack you had all your eggs in one basket but at least you knew where everything was what kind of fanny pack are you rocking with there well i this fanny pack right here with my nice jk logo oh, it's on a it roll right down it's a roll down it's from uh, hilltop packs uh, i contacted ben mcmillan because i have been working for the past six months on a video idea um kind of discussing eco pack and uh ultra fabric and all that stuff that that has come out in the last couple of years that everybody's been using more of. Mm -hmm. And uh, I said, could you make me a, a pack or a, a fanny pack out of some of that material that you've been using that new stuff? And he goes, yeah. He goes, what do you want on it? I said, I don't care. Just put anything you want on there. He goes, okay, I can do that. <laughs> so I get this fanny pack that has the logo on it, but in for people that are into SMR, you know, ASMR here stuff. So, okay. Um, but when you open it. Oh my gosh. <laughs> it's it's a... all Jeremiah Stringer. Like if you're not, <laughs> if you're listening right now and you're not watching, I Jeremiah's face is on here. One, two, three, four, five, seven times. <laughs> That's a good looking haircut, man. Seven times. And it's, it's little beard, Jeremiah, the one that's on TV right now, like little beard, Jeremiah. <laughs> so, so yeah. So I got that. And when he sent it, it was rolled up. So I was like, okay. So he gave me some weird space thing. And then when I opened it up, your face was everywhere. And I was dying laughing. <laughs> it was one of the funniest. And I love it when I go out places and people like go, are you on YouTube? And I'm like, yeah. And we talk. And and I said, you want to see something really funny? And then I show them the fanny pack. <laughs> Great conversation starter. Dude, you know, uh, speaking of being on YouTube, I got recognized one time in Spain. Could not in Spain. Could not believe it. It was a, a guy from California, and um, he was also doing the Camino with his son. And we kind of leapfrogged a little bit back and forth for a few days. But Bridget and I, we had decided, you know, we've been around all of our friends for so many days straight. Let's take a, uh, a day where you stay in between stages. So basically what that means is usually people kind of stay at the same destination each day. And everything's kind of outlined, but you can go a little bit further or a little bit less and stay in a town before or after that end of the stage. So we did. We went like a little bit further, and we we thought we were staying at like this spa uh, hostel because it said okay. like there were hot springs. It said there was a foot bath. There was massage available. And, of course, we got there, and there's like 50 people that live in the town. So it's a tiny town. You know, there's one bar, um, no stores. And then we checked in. And we're like, so is it too late to sign up for a massage? She's like, they're not available today. I was like, okay. So wh where are the hot springs? Because we booked it on booking.com. And, you know, you can, like, put filters and stuff on. And she was like, hot springs, I don't understand. And, of course, the lady only speaks Spanish. So, you are right. you know, you're having to, like, translate everything. And so she was like, I don't know. You know, basically, she didn't know what we were talking about. And uh, she was like, but... You know, there's the foot bath. And so the foot bath was just like 
a hole in the ground <laughs> with water in it and like a little fountain going in. And basically you're sticking your feet into cold water with a bunch of other blistered up backpackers. So, you know, you're sticking mm. your feet in the blister soup for however long. Yeah, I was going to say blister soup. That's the <laughs> yeah. Best. So, uh, it wasn't like an hour or so later that three of our friends just randomly picked the same hostel as us, three German girls. So <laughs> Bridget and I, we didn't really get our little getaway, but uh, we did. Wait, what was the point of this story? What was I talking about? I have no idea at all. I was just showing you a, a fanny pack. Oh, there's some. Oh, yeah, about being recognized because of the YouTube. Oh, about being recognized. There so, you go. Yeah. Um, he was staying there as well, and he was like, "What?" He's like, "I, I didn't think." Uh, didn't think that you were Jeremiah. Uh, he's he come up to me. He's like Jeremiah, and I was like, "Yeah, what's up, man?" You know, he's like, "Hey, if I remember correctly, his name was Brian, but this is a few weeks ago." And uh, you know, we talked a little bit, and he's like, "I didn't see you really posting a whole lot that you're doing the Camino." And uh, he's like, "Is this secret or something?" I was like, "Nah, I think I only done one video, and it was just the stuff that I was taking. Uh, maybe put a couple it was things all over on Instagram. Instagram." Yeah, I did it all on Instagram. Yeah, but uh, I was like, "That is absolutely wild, man!" But it was uh, another now American. You're world famous. You're <laughs> no. no longer regionally popular. You are world famous. It was a California guy. I couldn't believe it. But it was very, very cool, man. But it's also yeah, it, kind of embarrassing, you know. I always hate it. I got to be honest. Like, um, anytime I go with my buddy Josh mm -hmm. to the Red River Gorge, it doesn't matter when we go. If he's with me, I'm getting recognized. It's odd, and isn't it? He makes the biggest deal out of it just because he knows how much I hate it. <laughs> Seriously, I am. I, it's I, it's so bad. And then like we, uh, I guess it was earlier this year, like in May, he and a buddy of his and I went out, and we went. I guess it was Adina Arch. We're mm -hmm. on our way to Adina Arch, and there's a guy set up, and he's got some really cool gear. And I kind of noticed it, the gear at first. And I was like, oh, dude, that guy's got some cool gear. So we just kind of said hi, you know, as you normally do when you're walking by. Mm -hmm. And we go down, and all of a sudden he stops and goes, hey, man, I love your videos. I'm like, and I'm just waiting for Josh. And he just turns around and goes, yeah, man, aren't his videos awesome? <laughs> and just starts, I'm just like. <sighs> he and likes it, to aggravate and, you, and man. The funny, the worst part about it is an hour before that, he looks at his buddy and goes, don't worry, somebody's going to recognize John at some point while we're out here. <laughs> regionally famous bro regionally popular yes <laughs> i am regionally popular you know you're talking about your uh, fanny pack made by hilltop packs yeah and um i think ben has like the uh company that he's partnered with apex giant so yeah. it's like him and another guy yep. and i follow him on instagram have you seen their backpacker hanger yes okay I I want to pull that up and I'll, can we talk about if we uh, think how effective that we think that this uh, this new product is and some of us I mean this episode is not sponsored by them or anything but uh, no I'm curious your thoughts on this because I haven't talked to anybody about it at all so okay I'm gonna Let pull me, it up uh, on my screen and um, while I'm doing that. We'll see if you can. Uh, we'll see if you can share here. it. Oh, I got to bring it up here. There we go. Okay, so I don't know how applicable this is for everybody else, but you know, personally, I have like ten backpacks, and I know that's weird, but 
I think it's just because we get sent them to test out yeah. for YouTube yeah. and stuff. Have you gotten your hands on this piece of gear yet? No, because honestly, I don't have a use for it the way I store my gear. And how do you store your backpacks? Because, like, if you're looking at my screen, he's got uh, some different pictures on here. Yeah. Of how to use them. I, I don't have the closet space to do that in my house. Yeah, it seems like it like, would take up a lot of space I, if you just hang them laterally, right? Yeah, we live pretty modest. We have a 1,250-square-foot house, so and that's with two kids. So we don't have a lot of room, you know, for for other stuff. All of mine are actually the um, the roll tops uh-huh. are wrapped around, uh, like, my, my shelves where I keep all my gear. They're wrapped around the legs up high on the shelves. So it's kind of like that. And that's how I'm storing them. Kind of like that, yeah. But you just roll it um, up and then hang it yeah, off just the roll side up and wrap it around that, yeah. Hmm. Because there's really no way for me to do what he's doing. I don't have a place where I can hang those things. I got you. So it's a cool idea for people that have multiple bags, like families. You know, families would be a big one for that too, because uh, they would. Um, you know, you'd have your your bags, your family, your children, oh, your wife. Didn't even think about that because so you know if you're whole, like Devin Ashby. For example, if him and his wife and multiple kids are all hitting the trail together, then, you know, each person's going to kind of have their own backpack. Right. One thing I don't understand. That's my plan eventually. I want my kids to all have backpacks. uh, (laughs) Gets a little expensive with with the families. Yeah. I don't understand why. You seen like the hangers that have the multiple arms on them? Yeah. Why wouldn't he do that? Why would you do individual hangers where you have to hang them? laterally like side by side why wouldn't you do like um you know you just hang one on the bottom and then hang one above it and then hang one above it because he's he's printing these things right well it's not like shirts though you have to think backpacks don't lay flat so they're just going to flare out further and further and it's actually going to take up more space than if they hang them separately I think that you could do the bottoms. They're they're just going to kind of lay, and then eventually you're going to have one that's almost like at a 45, 90 degree, <laughs> whatever ninety degree angle, just laying sideways because okay just, they're too thick for that. Well, let's modify. It. What if you did? Um, so you got a hanger, right? So you had you had okay. his hanger, and okay. you do like so. His is like a regular hanger kind of, but it hooks up instead of like. I don't know. I don't know how to describe it for the people that are just listening, but you can go on Apex Giant and look them up if you want to, or go on our YouTube channel, the Backpacking Podcast. I I think he could get away with a double-sided. I think that he could do like... You could do two, like one where the the straps are against each other. uh Uh-huh. You know what I mean? So like instead of of like hanging one low and then starting to stack them on top of each other, hanging above, Uh because that's just going to, like I said, they're going to flare out by the top. If you had two, if you could hang two on one, that might be good. That's what I'm but thinking. it's still going to take up a lot of space. I mean, backpacks aren't thin like shirts and pants and stuff like that. So it's a little, I think it's going to be difficult to pull off. Yeah, because the way I see it is like, uh, this is the 1800s in the U.S. Everything's building out. But then we discover skyscrapers, right? And you can build up instead of build out and take up a lot less yeah. real estate. So why don't you do multiple hangers, but the little arms, if you could push them out opposite to each other, like 10 degrees each. So like you have the two little arms going 10 degrees left, and then you go down another 
five inches, and then they go 10 degrees to the right. And then you go down 10 degrees to the left, go down 10 degrees to the right. And then maybe you could hang four backpacks all on one hanger, and then they wouldn't all be stacked up like you're saying where one's kind of just sitting on top of the others. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, you you try. I, I, wonder if, I wonder if Ben's already tried it, and he's listening to us right now going, those guys are idiots. <laughs> like, like, does he not understand what R&D is? Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm just here to, uh, you know, throw out some ideas. Not really here to invest or uh, yeah. invest a whole lot of time in the R&D. Just here to well, kind of I, BS I, it. I, I, can I tell you about a piece of gear I got recently that's kind of cool? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so there's this there's this new thing out by Flextail called the Tiny Repel. Have you heard of this thing? Flextail, the is that the company that makes a little air up? Uh, yeah, like mattress, little, the little pump. The yeah, light, I love pump. those, yeah. dude. Bridget brings it every trip. Yeah. Okay, so they make this thing called the Tiny Repel, and it's probably it's, I mean it's okay, it's probably about this big, it's about that big around. Okay, so it's maybe an inch around. Okay. And, and what, you've got these little discs tall? that you put into it, and it's a mosquito repellent. Wait a second. And it's and you recharge it. It's a rechargeable mosquito repellent. You turn it on, and it takes the it heats up those little wafers that uh-huh. you put into it, and they send out a scent that keeps bugs away. And uh, it's also a lantern. But um, I did find out that when you have the lantern on, <laughs> at the same time as the repellent, yeah, that repellent does no good. So what do you mean? Don't. <laughs> it's, it does not work. Like, Are you saying the light? I, I did. I, I will say this: it works. I went. I went last weekend to uh, Lake Malone. Okay. Down in uh, down in down near Bowling Green, Kentucky. And it's just a little state park. It's kind of a cool state park. Um, just went down there to camp out overnight. We did a little bit of light hiking and stuff, but um, it's just a campground kind of area, and they had primitive camping. Okay. So I hung it off of my chair. Well, the side I hung it on was the direction the wind was blowing. So it wasn't working. And I'm like, what the heck, man? Were you getting eaten up by mosquitoes? Yeah. So I took it and moved it on the other side where the wind was blowing towards me. Uh-huh. And all of a sudden I had no bugs. Oh, wow. I mean, like that. Yeah, I was pretty impressed. You I know, was pretty impressed. You know what the this device sounds like? I think What's it's that? I think it's a basically a copy of the thermosil. Did you ever use those thermosils? I've got a thermosil. Yeah. Isn't it the same it, idea? It is like less than a quarter of the size of a thermosil. Yeah, the thermosil, I've used them like deer hunting before. And yeah. it has like a little wafer. Well, I guess it's technically not a wafer. You like fill it up with a liquid, and then that liquid, I well, guess. Well, there's a liquid into, and a wafer. Okay. For those. The wafer's yeah, like a the liquid, kind of like a sponge. The liquid's what burns. It's like the fuel that burns because it doesn't use electricity. Uh, the thermosil doesn't. Yeah, um, we we actually use one for dinner, like when we're eating out on our back patio. Like, well, that's what we our back porch. We use we use those for that. So, is the liquid the liquid's a fuel? It's like some kind of yeah, uh, it's, yeah, it's a fuel. It's it's like a almost like a lantern type setup. Okay. So it heats up a coil, um, using that fuel, and that coil then heats up the wafer, which then sends out the uh, whatever you want to call it, the scent or whatever that yeah, the keeps pesticide the bugs away. basically. Yeah. Um, so how does the flex tail, does it have a coil as well that heats the wafer? It's the same. Yeah. It, it warms up. Okay. But it's battery powered. That's heating the coil. Yeah. It's not the little fluid. 
Yeah, and I left it running all night. And it stayed lit the whole night. It stayed lit till 4:35 o'clock in the morning. You were in a tent. And I and I had it I had it on starting about six o'clock. So, so it went like ten hours. So you're sleeping in a tent? Yes. And did you have the doors open? Is that why you uh, had the thermocell on? Or was it just a lantern part? I took one for the team. I left my screen door on the front of my tent open most of the day. Oh, were you sharing the tent? What do you mean you took one no, for the team? No, it was just me. I just left it I just left it open so that I, bugs would go in. Because oh. I wanted to see if it would keep the bugs away. Oh, like if you, there were bugs in there, if I could keep the gosh. bugs out. Bro, you are so dedicated to the testing of the product. Because I well, definitely I, wanna... I said I would give feedback. If you're going to give feedback, you should probably do it right, you know? <laughs> yeah, so, but leaving the so, door yeah, open. So I left on it that. open and a bunch of bugs got in, you know? And um, when I had the light on, they were just attracted to the light and they stayed. But then the moment I turned the light off and turned that thing on, the when I got up in the morning, I turned I, I zipped it up after about an hour of having it on with no light on. Mm-hmm. And the next morning I got up, there were no bugs in the tent. So it 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 repelled them all right out of the tent. Uh, maybe I should get one of those too, because like Bridget, she gets eat up with mosquitoes. Like when we were going to film yeah. that video earlier, she sprayed down with bug spray, and then we we got up to film it, and she was like, "I don't know what's bit me, but my leg is already itching. It's itching right now. The bug spray didn't work, and the last time I was up there, I got poison ivy. So maybe we oh. maybe we both just have bad luck. I don't know. Ooh, that's not good. Yeah." You know, and I have this this liquid that somebody had sent me that if you put it on, then it neutralizes the whatever the irritant is in poison ivy. So uh, the oil, yeah, it well, it neutralizes that oil, so you won't get like a rash from the poison ivy. But I never know yeah. I have the poison ivy until like three days later. Whenever I'm like, oh, I think I got into some poison ivy, <laughs> you know, three or four days so, ago. Okay, so Flextail's coming out with another piece of gear. Oh man, what uh, is? Are it? you ready for this? Because this is kind of an exclusive. I mean, not really, but it's on Indiegogo right now. All right, hit me with it. It is about the size of a lipstick, and it is a one point four ounce pump. What? It's a yeah, like a pump for your mattress. Size, it's it's just the size of like a lipstick, and it is a tiny pump, and it's one point four ounces. And they send it to you. Not yet. I think um, it's on its way. Okay. And I'm definitely going to put that in a video though, because that is a wild piece of gear, man. Yeah. What's it take? Is it rechargeable? Does it take like a double A yeah. battery? It's like their other stuff. It's rechargeable. Okay. So my, there's a bunch of different companies that make these little pumps, but they're always like, like whatever the size your fist is, it's like 20% smaller than that is how I describe it. So yeah. they're always like a little bit bulky. You have to recharge, but usually it has like a little lantern on there. So like if, if Bridget and I go out, dual then, purpose. Yeah, we can put it up in like the gear loft area of the tent and have a little night light. And then uh, I'll tell you another thing that works well for the night light too, if you have the battery capacity, is like you just take your headlamp and then you like throw a t-shirt over it or something like that. Yeah. And I did that all the time whenever we were on the Camino or just like we're out in the woods and. Uh, we want a little nightlight for the tent, but the Flextail gear, I've never been more thankful for a uh, a pump for the mattress than whenever we were in Colorado 
at like 12,000 feet. Couldn't breathe. Couldn't breathe. <laughs> and then at the end of the night, the last thing you want to do is take, usually it's like nine to 11 breaths, right, to blow up your yeah. mattress pad. But the air is so thin, <laughs> you know, the last thing you want to do right. is blow up your mattress pad. So I think there's two people whenever we were in Holy Cross Wilderness that both had the little little pumps. But one of the problems I run into is one pump doesn't necessarily fit all different mattress pads. How do you get around that? Well, they have a, they have a extension little things you can put on it to fit different sizes of pads. Oh, like an adapter that uh, yeah. like seals around yeah. whatever style of tube your pad has. Yeah. And I'm really curious about this other one, though. One ounce, dude. 1.4 ounces. Yeah, I'd like to think, lay that, eyes on that. The other one's, what, like five ounces, six ounces? Does that sound right? I don't know how heavy it is, but every ounce counts, of course. Yeah. So uh, to have something that light that's a pump, that could be awesome. So a, I, I just, I'm curious what the capacity is on it. Like, is it one of those things where you're going to pump up your mattress and then you're done? Or will it do multiple, you know, will it work multiple times? Or is it quick to recharge? Or, you know, I'm just curious because that's that's tiny, man. You know, the like the milliamp hours on the battery capacities? You know what I'm talking about? Like, you can get so a... I'm going to look it up on my phone while we're sitting here. Okay. You know, the... Uh, you know, like on a, a battery pack that you're going to take backpacking with you or wherever, and you get like a 5,000 yeah. milliamp hour, you can get a 10,000 yeah. milliamp hour, 20,000, whatever size that you want. So I thought that it was just a direct conversion of, like if your phone has a battery capacity of 5,000 milliamp hours and your battery pack has a, has a 5,000 milliamp hour capacity, then that would charge your phone one time. Yeah. But hey, I don't, I don't talk for a second. I'm going to put you full screen on there for just a second. Okay. Are you, are you down with that? Can you be full screen for a little bit? Yeah, you're full screen. Oh, look at that. Look at that handsome face. Man, I really need a haircut. But yeah, I don't think that's right because I literally said that exactly in a YouTube video, not verbatim, but that was the basics of like, you know, if you do the conversion. If your phone's 5,000 milliamp hour capacity and you get a 10,000 uh, battery, like a battery pack, then that should charge your phone twice. But apparently it's a little bit more complicated than that. If I could find the comment, the guy was explaining to me or a girl, whoever was commenting, I don't remember. They were like, no, it also has to do with like the amperage or the voltage that your um, battery pack is putting out. So... I don't think it's necessarily a, a one-to-one ratio on the the battery capacities. So I'm curious on your, um, see, it's called Flextail gear. Check this out. I'm just going to pull this up here. All right, go ahead. You see that? World's smallest pump for sleeping pads, zero See pump. how small that is? Yeah, it does. It looks like an EDC flashlight or something. Yeah, it's crazy small. Um, replaceable battery. Okay, with replaceable batteries. That that's that's interesting. But it's I mean, it looks like I mean, it looks like it does the job. 1.4 ounces, dude. 1.4 ounces is uh it's a very low luxury weight if you ask me. Yeah, and it says it says uh it reaches to 100 liters a minute airflow 
by updating whatever technology and it will inflate deflate sleeping pads within 50 seconds 50 seconds 50 seconds mm, i don't know if i'm buying it what do you think i mean if it works there's gonna be a lot of people buying it so we'll see i'm i'm like i said i'm i'm looking forward to get my hands on one and testing it out and seeing how long the battery lasts on it because yeah. you know if you put a regular battery on something it lasts a lot longer than anything rechargeable well you must be really getting into the tents if you're going to be trying out the, all this gear for tent camping well i'm going to california in september and where i'm going i can't use a hammock so <sighs> uh kind of have to use a tent man and i'll be honest man the uh, durston tent is ridiculous Oh, well, tell me about it. So, uh, what is it called? The Durston, whatever. Two. Like I'm blanking on names right now because you know I'm old and senile. But uh, dude, I love tent. this tent. I 100% love the tent. Um, it's massive on the inside. You need two trekking poles, and the way it's set up is just genius. You've got massive. Um, Massive areas outside each door. Is it the so your X-Men? vestibules, your vestibules are just huge. Is it the X Mid Two? Yeah, the X Mid. Uh, it's the X Mid Two Pro. Two Pro. Okay. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna bring it up right now. Yeah, I have I have it pulled up on my screen. Okay. X Mid Pro Two, with a hefty price tag of six hundred seventy nine dollars, and I did pay for that. Gosh. Yeah. So I th- that was not given to me. That I bought out of my own pocket. But so it is, looks like it is Dyneema. That I get given all my stuff. That's not true. I bought that. <laughs> it's got two pads. But in I'm going to tell you. Let me tell you something, dude. My my now my uh, base weight uh-huh. is under ten pounds, and I bring a chair. Yeah, I don't know how that's possible. Well, under it's ten pounds. Witchcraft. It looks like the ten witchcraft, man. A tent. I think it's about the same as uh, the uh, Z Packs duplex. duplex. Yeah, yeah. Because um, mine's around twenty ounces, I believe. Yeah, it's maybe an ounce or two heavier than than the Z Packs. So it's a dining. Man, you want to talk about a great tent? Yeah, man, the thing is, the thing is awesome on the inside. The only thing okay. that should change is there's no like. I wish there was a way that they had something like you could hang a lantern or something from the top, just a little loop or something. They don't have anything at the top of the tent for that. Yeah, I wonder how much uh, how much weight does it add to put like a loop or some kind of – I love the gear lofts, man. Well, I mean, if you just put the loop so people could add their own, yeah. it wouldn't even add an ounce. You know, if you if you just did little Dyneema loops, it wouldn't yeah, be anything, even, I don't think. Even just a loop to hang my glasses on, you know, like yeah. I, now it does have pockets. Okay, where's the pocket? And I like the pockets because they're up high. So like you know, a lot of places they'll put the pockets in the lower end. But if if it happens to be one of those really windy, rainy nights, sometimes water can splash up into your tent. Yeah. And if your pockets are down there, your stuff can get wet. Yeah, like the the duplex, it's got like a little pocket under the rainbow door. I'm like, this isn't yeah. very effective, but it looks like on this X-Mid Pro, it has uh, a pocket just inside the door. Yeah, the pockets Yeah, the pockets are just inside the door, and they're up higher, so they're not, um, you don't have to worry about that splash if there's any. 
Now, you can also set this tent up super low. It's really however you want to set it up. But it's it's an awesome it's an awesome tent, man. I'm telling you. I wonder how high the price tag um, becomes on these tents and stuff before people are like, yeah, I just don't. You think that the companies, it's just all in their research and development on the, uh, you know, they're finding good price points and stuff. They're like, I know this is going to be way too expensive. For example, that Osprey backpack. Remember that new one that oh, they the came out? $700 one? Yeah. And I was like, who's going to buy this $700 backpack? Like, that seems like a very niche, you know, it's like a Porsche or a, or something like that. It's a very niche right. market that, I don't know, I feel like the barrier to entry, that's pretty high, just like on this tent. You probably backpack in a while before you're buying a $700 tent. Well, yeah. I mean, but that's but that's the cost of the duplex. That's the cost of all these tents like that. And and why do you buy a tent like that anyways? And you want to share that to lower weight. your base weight. Yeah, somebody uh, somebody commented on one of my videos the other day and was like, I don't understand. What is the big deal? Like, why are you so worried about your base weight being, you know, 12 pounds? What What is – it's not a backbreaker for it to be 15 or 20 pounds. And I was like, this person I just don't think has a whole lot of experience because there's, there's such a massive difference on your body. If you have a 2,000-foot climb – in like three miles and your backpack is 10 pounds versus 20 pounds. I mean, yeah. it is, it's a difference in daylight and dark, dude. Well, I was going to say the the hike I'm going on is the trans Catalina trail. Oh, and, and there, I think a couple of sections, it's like over a thousand feet and less than a mile. So it's, there's some pretty steep climbs that we're going to have to do out there. Um, but we get to see the ocean mostly like a lot of, when we get up high, we'll see the ocean on either side of us. Because we're on an island in the middle of the Pacific Ocean, which is crazy. Wow. So, yeah, I'm looking at pictures of it. Yeah, it's pretty wild, man. It's a cool hike. Hey, let me tell you about... Uh, I'll switch directions here real quick. Yeah, that's go ahead, man. Um, I actually... I didn't get to talk about this last week because you guys were talking about hiking. And uh, I think you knew this already, but I had signed up for a 100-mile hike with Outdoor Vitals. Yeah, yeah. And so I uh, trained, started training in May... And my hike was supposed to be um, the first full week of July. Um, I was going to do three days that week and then the whole next week. Um, I was doing 35 miles or 30 miles on Friday, Saturday, Sunday, or Thursday, Friday, Saturday. And then the next week I was going to do five days and finish the last 70 miles and get my 100 miles in. Yeah, so let me tell the, you what happened on this trip. Wait, what's the parameters on how you're supposed to get the hundred miles? Isn't there like a whole outdoor vitals, um, you know, like healthy one hundred or something where you got to do it a certain way? No, the the big thing was you have to do it um, within a certain number of days, and you can do it as a single trip, or you can break it up into multiple trips. Okay. So I was breaking it up into two trips for mine, and uh, I got out the first day. And I went out to the Red River Gorge mm -hmm. and I figured I, I found a 30 mile loop that I could do pretty easy that not pretty easy, but I mean that I could do it. <laughs> it didn't cross that suspension bridge. Did it? Did it? Well, it couldn't, can't cross a suspension bridge, but we'll get that in a second. Okay. Um, <laughs> okay. So I started down in an area called Coomer Ridge uh -huh. and uh, hiked up what's called the rough trail for a while and then got on another trail and hiked up and ended up doing some road walking. And the moment I got on the road, a storm hit. 
So luckily I had my umbrella with me. And uh, so I'm hiking with my umbrella on the road, just moseying along, having a good old time. Um, and I get to this uh, like parking lot area with the signs that tell you where trails are and all that kind of stuff. And so I sit down and there's a roof over the, the sign. So I decide, well, I'm going to set up my chair. I'm going to take off my shoes and socks, let my feet air out for a little bit. And then I'll finish the rest of my hike. Was it still so raining? I get to the trail. What's that? Was it still raining when you took your break? Uh, it was just finishing up. Okay. It was just finishing up. So I was able to let my feet dry out a little bit, get my socks ringed out and that kind of stuff. Beautiful. Also tried some new socks, but I'm not ready to talk about those yet. <laughs> okay. I, gotta, I think I might have new favorite socks, which is crazy. Because I've been using the same socks for like four or five years. Um, so anyways, uh, I get out there and my plan was to hike about 10, between 10 and 12 miles for the for the day because I didn't get on trail until one o'clock in the afternoon. Wow. So I was like, I'll do 10 or 12 miles. Um, so I get out and dry my feet out, get all set up, and I start hiking. And I get on what is quite possibly the worst trail in the history of hiking. <laughs> Does this trail have a name? Osborne something loop. Osborne Ben loop? Yes. Worst oh, yeah. trail in the history of mankind. Wait, let and me ask let me tell you, you what happens. Wait, let me ask you a question. Let me tell you what happens. Yes. Did you, is this an official trail or is this unofficial? Yes. It's an official trail. Okay. So you went up the hill. <clears throat> yes. At I Osborne went up the hill. Bend. Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> Which is a lot of uphill, but it was okay. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I'd been training, dude. Like I was good. I was feeling great, actually. Feeling absolutely great. 85% of that trail uh-huh. was seven to nine inches of deep mud. Oh, yeah, it just rain. I forgot. Dude, I'm talking the entire trail. Just deep mud. And I'm hiking along, and there are no campsites anywhere. <laughs> I'm hiking. I decide to go hike off, <clears throat> off trails and go look and see if there's a campsite at the end of this off trail. Nothing. Keep going, keep going. By the fin- Finally, by the time I get to my campsite at like 8.30 at night, I've hiked 16 miles oh, since 1 wow. o'clock in the afternoon. It's a tough day. And, uh, dude, it was a long day. And I finally get to a campsite and kind of get the mud off my legs. You know, I, I got out some wissy wipes and got them all wet and cleaned my legs off because they were covered in mud. My feet, I tried to like, I took them up to like, out to the grass and just kind of rubbed them across the grass to get all the stuff <laughs> Full off. Full Hobbit and, style. Oh man, it was so bad. And so I go to sleep and while I, just before I get to the campsite, I'm hiking in this one section and I step on this, uh, I step in the mud and I didn't know, but there was a log under the mud that was really slick. My foot slides sideways and all of my weight goes on my foot. And it hurt bad. Oh like, my God. Another really JK injury. Bad. Yes. Same <sighs> foot. So, um, I decided to tough it out. Obviously I mean, I, I'm in the woods. It's not like, I'm not going to call an air, someone to airlift me out. Cause my foot hurts. Yeah. So, um, I end up hiking down to the bison way trail and hiking out to the parking lot there. And I bailed out there. Cause I, I, I started hiking. I was like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. Um, but my foot was not, I still had like 17 miles to go that day or oh. something like that because um, 
hiking the hiking those off trails looking for campsites is what made my mileage so big that day. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had about 17 miles I was going to do that day to finish out the hike. And there was no way. It just wasn't going to happen. My foot was done. And so uh, I hiked down the Bison Way and just kind of walked along the road. And I got down to the Glady. There's the, this place called the Glady Visitor Center. Do you know what I'm talking about down there? Oh, I know it very well. It's like a okay. half mile from the Bison Way Trailhead, maybe. Yeah. So I walked down there and I'm like, they have phones. I know those shuttle services. I could call one of the shuttle services, have them pick me up and take me down to my car. Sure. Their phones had been out for two days. No way. True story, man. Their phones had been out for two days. So like they couldn't make a phone call. And so I saw this lady with a kid and I, and he was older and and the lady looked really nice. And so I walked up and said, Hey, any chance you'd pick up a straggler who got injured on a trail and just take me to a to a parking lot? to drop me off, you know? Mm-hmm. And she goes, which one? I said, Coomer Ridge. She goes, um, I don't think we're going that way. <laughs> and I was like, okay, no worries. You know, I was, I was nice about it. Let it go. So I get back out and I just start hiking on the road mm-hmm. and I'm hitchhiking at this point. You know, nobody's coming over. Well, sure enough, here comes that lady passing right by where I was heading down towards where I was going. Oh. So, so, <laughs> so lady, if you're listening, which I doubt you are, but uh, that was kind of mean. You could have really just said, no, you scare me because you smell bad and I don't know you. Um, but here's what's fun. So I'm hiking along and, and I, I hitchhike and this, this red truck comes up and picks me up. Oh, nice. This older guy with a really thick accent and tons of Red River Gorge stickers on the back of his truck. So you know this guy loves the gorge. Mm-hmm, definitely. And so he picks me up. He goes, what happened? I told him what happened. He goes, oh, man. Well, jump on in the back of the truck. He goes, I got a bunch of stuff up in the front seat. Um, I can't take you the whole way, but I could take you to a hanging rock. I think is what he said. Um, and I'm like, I think it's what he said. Anyways, it doesn't matter. He says he could take me to one spot and I'm like, okay, great. So, um, we, we ride for maybe a half a mile and he just pulls off the road. I'm like, Oh no, he's going to tell me he has to go somewhere else and drop me off or whatever. He gets like, dude, I'll tell you what, let me move all the stuff out of the front seat. Why don't you just come sit up in the front? I'll take you the whole way. Oh, what a sweetheart. Yes, his name's Donnie. Donnie Lawson. Donnie Lawson. Loud because I, if anybody meets Donnie Lawson in the gorge, he's the greatest man alive. Um, but yeah, we talked the whole time. He was telling me about arches. He He's an arch hunter. So he goes out and looks for arches that aren't marked and aren't named. He's actually named a couple arches out in the gorge. Wow. And uh, Must be yeah, a local. So like, yeah, he is a local. Yeah, he actually has adopted part of the road that goes around the gorge. Like that he goes and cleans the trash up and all that stuff himself. So uh rode with him and had a great conversation. And um he did say something funny though. I said, Yeah, my buddy Jason Wall, he has a YouTube channel. He's out here hiking all the time. And he goes, Man, those YouTubers are killing our gorge. <laughs> you didn't tell him, did you? Did not tell him at all that I was a YouTuber. I was like, I can't do that because he's gonna be like, Well, I don't want to give this guy a right, you know. So I was just polite, but super nice guy, man. Super nice guy. And uh, so I hitchhiked out of the gorge and uh, came home and thought I would I'd rest for a couple days and see how it was because my plan was to hike the bottom 70 of the Sheltoe Trace. Uh-huh. No chance, man. I was limping oh, for three or four still days. Still recovering. So uh, I lost my window to, to complete that, but I uh, still plan on doing the 100 miles. Just I'm going to have to push it off until a later date. And 45 of those miles will come in September when I'm doing the uh, Catalina Trail. So Beautiful, dude. Two things. Yeah. I have, uh, 
I went to high school with a guy named Donnie Lawson. Don't think it's the same guy. Guarantee it's not the same guy, unless this guy <laughs> failed like 75 times or something. Uh, other thing, you know that trail that you're talking about, the Osborne Bend Loop or whatever? It's the um, worst trail. Oh I, oh, I forgot to tell you what Donnie I, said about that trail. All right, go ahead. He goes, yeah, most people don't hike that twice. No, no. He, said, he literally said that. He said that is the worst trail in the gorge, and I agreed with him 100%. Well, I don't know if it's the worst trail, but it, where you like park and start at, um, there's like a kayak launch point there too, right? Like it's under the bridge. Like yeah, the you bridge go across is the right street. There. So yeah. there's, there's three directions you can go from the start point. You can go right along the river, and it'll take you up to um, Eagle's Nest. You can go straight up the hill, which is a fishel trail, and that's the Osborne mm-hmm. Bend. And if you follow it north and then west, you'll go to Bison Way. Or you can go left, and you can go to, what's the name of that waterfall there? Oh, yeah, you can go to the uh, Copperas Falls. Copperas Falls, yes. So if you go straight up past the bathrooms, you just, like, start going uphill, and then there's literally, like, nothing to see. So There's nothing to see, and it's all mud, <laughs> Well, it and depends. there's no campsites, there's no water. It's not always it Satan's trail. <laughs> it's not always all mud, but there is some really muddy sections too, even if it hasn't been raining. But that's just it. I talked to him. He said it's always muddy. He's yeah, like, and not the whole, not the whole thing. Like what I was experiencing. Yeah. But he's like, there's even like in the dead of winter, it's muddy. Yeah, I don't, I don't get it. But I will tell you, it's Satan's trail. <laughs> Bridget and I, we were doing like a three or four dayer in the gorge and you know, it's all a compacted area. So like if you're going to do multiple, multiple days like that, then you have to be pretty creative with your routes. So I had made us like a 25 to 30 mile route around the gorge. And part of it is what you were, what you walked as well. So Satan's trail, (laughs) it's not Satan's trail, but it is Satan's trail. (laughs) That is there. There has never been a more evil footpath created than that footpath. <laughs> well, we're doing a big loop, and we started at Bison Way, which is where you came out, and we were planning right. on ending there and doing the loop. And so, you know, like on the last or next to last day, we actually got a ride around back to Osborne Bend, and then we're going to hike that park, that section, and camp along there somewhere, which is not a whole lot of camping. So we done. we were starting on the loop, you know, you, you meander through there. There's not really any views. There's not really any water. And you get down, there's like one part where there's some pines and stuff that's really pretty, I think. But other than that, there wasn't a whole lot. And we got to one part, and I kicked a, uh, there was like a little log. It looked like, I don't know, maybe about 18 inches. It, looks, it, it looked exactly like something that you would cut for firewood, like a little 18-inch right. split piece of wood. And I kicked it out of the way. And this is on the exact section you're talking about. And then just hornets started going everywhere. And that's where, uh, <laughs> that's, I think I have those stupid hornets. They're all over the, they're, they're like ground, Kentucky. they're ground hornets. And they were bald under, faced hornets. They're, they're called bald faced hornets. Bald faced hornets. And I think I've told this story before, so I'll spare you the details. But um, real quick, I kicked that out of the way and then had to yell to Bridget to stop. And we both had to like get off trail, you know. 20 to and 50 they're mean. feet. They'll chase you. 
Yeah, I was, I took off running, dude. As soon as I kicked that and I saw their hornets flying everywhere and Bridget was like 10 or 20 feet behind me, I was like, stop, stop, stop. we got to go around. So we went totally off trail to get around this giant hornet's nest. But you may be right. That that may be a cursed section of trail. I don't think I saw it. Satan's trail. Satan's trail. <laughs> that was also the only section that I think I saw bear activity. And that was Bridget's. Oh, really? Yeah, Bridget's first backpacking trip. And unfortunately, she got that section of trail in on that trip. But you got to well, have. That means every trail after that is great. Yeah, yeah. Well, she unfortunately she had already seen some highlights in the gorge, and then we were wrapping up the trip with that oh, section of trail. What a crappy yeah. way to end the, Dude, <laughs> the it's trip. It's terrible. It is terrible. And when a guy like like Donnie looks at you and goes, "Yeah, most people don't like that twice," that tells you all you need to know. Well, it, you will all see. You, need to know. you can see wildlife out in that section, though, because there's not. It's not as densely populated with backpackers and hikers. Yeah, and I did. I saw some deer and some other things like that while I was out there. But here's the one thing. Here's the takeaway, though, I have from all that. It has nothing to do with the trail. I hiked 16 miles and felt fine, yeah. except I jacked my foot up. Oh, Had that man. mud not been there, I probably wouldn't have gotten injured. And I would have hiked 17 miles the next day and not even sweat, dude. Like, I felt great. Like, I've been training for two or three months now, and I felt awesome. I mean, the hills still kick your butt. I mean, I'm still breathing heavy going up the hills. Sure. But my recovery time after the hills was fine, and I wasn't sore because of it. So. And how long ago was this? This was, like, just a few weeks ago. Like, it was before you guys got back from your trip. I didn't want to talk about it last week because we were talking about the Camino, and I didn't want last week to be about me. I wanted it to be about you guys. <laughs> So I figured I would, I would share my awesome trip with you this week. So now you are, you're still feeling good. You're recovered. Your foot's okay. You're able to walk around like normal and do your uh, exercises. Yeah. Last weekend I went out to uh, Lake Malone here in Kentucky. It's a state park Mm -hmm. and we hiked and my foot did not enjoy it too much, but it wasn't the same kind of pain that I was having before, but it wasn't good. Um, but this week, uh, I did some walking and some hiking, and it feels a lot better. So I'm figuring by the time my trip rolls around September, I'm going to be good to go. Do you ever use Epsom salt? I do. I've got. I've actually got a foot soaker that bubbles. Oh. Because I'm like that. <laughs> That's bougie. I'm extra, bro. I think I have one I'm of those. Extra. I think I got a, one of those foot massagers that you fill up with water, and it's got the little rollers in there. Oh, yeah. that's even more bougie than the bubbles, man. No, I think you can get them for 10 bucks at like TJ Maxx or something. I think because nobody buys say, them. I think I got mine at Walmart for probably like $12 or something. Yeah. I don't I don't think I've ever taken it out of the box. Maybe. Oh, I, I've used mine. <laughs> I, know I have what, absolutely <laughs> used mine. I have, well, here's the thing. And, and, and this is like, I, especially when I did the Shell Toey, because in the Shell Toey, that was my first any kind of long distance hiking. And my blisters were insane. Like my feet got destroyed. And so whenever I was home after that, like we took a, a couple days break because the rain had just destroyed all of our gear. We've talked about this before on here. But for two days, I soaked my feet. Oh. Just to kind of get those blisters like to, I mean, my dogs were screaming, man. Like it was bad. Yeah, sometimes. So I, I learned to soak my feet and enjoy that very much. There were sometimes on the long trail where I would like me and our little trail family or whatever would just buy a big bag of Epsom salt. And then if we stayed at like a hotel that had bathtubs, you would literally just like 
You know, you'd be like, all right, I'm going to soak in my Epsom salt. And then you go in there and do it. And then you'd pass it to the next person. So you kind of, I don't know. It really helps with the recovery. Just soaking your it feet does. or soaking your body or whatever. I also now use. You're 100% right on that. I'll tell you what I use all the time for recovery is massage gun. And Oh, yeah, I, we've got one of those too. Oh, dude, they are such a game changer. Like, you don't like the it? Only place, the only place where I got sore last a couple weeks ago. Uh-huh was uh in my calves and i don't like using the massage gun on my calves that does not feel good <laughs> oh you don't like i don't it on know your why calves? my calves doesn't feel good i think that it that just hurts on my calves when i use it i don't know why but i also don't have calves i have cows we've talked about this <laughs> yeah you got some big so, old calves so yeah maybe it's that. maybe it's like just super dense muscle so your body's like, well, of yeah. course it is. It's me. All my muscles are super dense. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. just it's just coated in a layer of insulation. That's all. Well, that's one of my favorite spots to use it. But I tell you, the best spot is glutes. Yeah. Oh my god, dude! It makes it'll make your legs like just straighten out, and you're like, ah, just like that. <laughs> I think I just found a new sound for the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> put, that, put that on the soundboard. What's going on, hawkers? This is gonna be ah now instead. Yeah, dude, they're they're clutch. Anything that helps with the recovery, the most important well, thing. I think little, little massage balls, man. The ones that um, yeah, you know, the cork ones. Yeah, the cork massage balls, man. Those things are incredible, dude. I um, especially on your thighs, <laughs> like yes, your quads, man. After hiking long days, especially if you did a lot of hills. Your it, quads are screaming, and that's that's. I love using it on those. It became part of my routine on the Camino. Was like when we would go to dinner. So I'd have um, you have like clothes to hike in and clothes for like in the evening and stuff. So I had one pair of shorts for the evening. I called it my dinner clothes. I'm actually yeah. wearing them right now, and they have uh, two pockets on the front. And two pockets on the side, and then two pockets on the back. And one of the pockets on the side was designated for my cork rolling ball. And I would stick that in my pocket. Like, it would go in my fanny pack, and then after I shower and stuff, I would stick it in the shorts pocket. And then at dinner, like, while we're sitting there and ordering and waiting for the food to come and all that, I would break that sucker out, and I would start just rolling away. You know, you'd roll. First thing is your quads. Yeah. Oh, man. It feels so good, and it helps so much. And then your feet, if you can get away yeah, with that. Yeah, say in your... the tent, put that on the floor of the tent and just put your, your bare foot over it and roll that thing. Yeah, or you can, like, lay on top Man. of it, too. Like, if you want to get your glutes or your back or, you know, your hamstrings, yeah. too, you can lay there and put, you know, use it as a pressure point area. I'd put it up against a tree and roll my back using a tree. Oh, that's smart. I didn't even think about that. It's way easier to get up from. <laughs> yeah, you don't have to lay lay on the ground and roll around. Right. So anyway, so so the big thing was, man, like it was it was just awesome to be able to go out and hike 16 miles. Mm-hmm. I ended up hiking 22 total. Um, the only soreness I had was my calves, but a lot of that was because of the mud. Um, anybody who's hiked up and down hills in mud. Your calves just get beat up. I mean, there's just no getting around <laughs> yeah. it. Like it's like it's a just what you've got. It's like the yeah, mud. And, and sucking the worst in. part was on Friday morning. Mm-hmm. I'm hiking down, and I stepped, and my foot went completely sideways. My other foot came out from underneath me, and I went all in on the mud. Oh, you got soaked in mud. 
my hands, my whole left arm and hand and my trekking pole handle and everything was just coated in mud. And uh, so I got to a creek and got down and cleaned everything off as best I could. But yeah, dude, I got just covered. I mean, it was terrible. It is Satan's trail. Is it that clay mud? The real red, yeah. rich mud? No, this is, you know what I think it is, honestly? What? I think it's dry fall that sits in the middle of the, because it's kind of a, a carved out trail. Yeah, I thought maybe and horses. It's all that, like, it's all that dry fall that sits there and just sits and sits and sits. And then when it rains, it just kind of decomposes. Mm -hmm. And then it forms like a sludge. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. Like that really black, nasty sludge. Yeah, it's like all the rotted organic materials. And that's what it is. And it's just gross, man. It's just absolutely gross. And so, yeah, I, I, I toughed it through all that. And had I not been injured, um, I would have hiked 30 miles in those two days and wouldn't have blinked an eye, which is great news. Moving forward, I just got to keep going and, and training more. And hopefully September I won't get my butt kicked. Yeah, that'd be fun. The the Trans Catalina. Yeah. I definitely yeah. I definitely am excited to see some footage or pictures or something from that trip because Cal anytime you get out west, it's kinda like a different world than us to East Coast guys. So and I wouldn't even know. I've never even hiked out west. So I have no idea. Yeah, though well the only thing I did was that Colorado trip and I wanna hit California. I wanna hit Utah. I keep seeing like I'm watching these stupid dash cam videos. Yeah. And like the compilations on YouTube and people be driving in Utah and you just see the mountains in the background. And it reminds me of Colorado, but Utah is like totally different world. And I'm like, man, I kind of just want to take a car and just drive out there to have some adventure and let Bridget see it too. I want to do the Uinta Highline Trail so bad. Oh, that'd be a good one. That's the one I really want to do. Um, but we'll see. That's that's on the bucket list. It'll happen eventually. Well, we'll stand by for your Trans-Catalina trip. I look forward to seeing it. Let's wrap this thing up. Yeah, I look forward to doing it. So, well, Jeremiah, as always, great chatting with you, man. Oh, it's always a pleasure. Yes, sir. So for myself and Jeremiah, thanks for tuning in to the Backpacking Podcast. We will catch you on the next one. Adios, folks. Adios.